John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, it's me, Edward Allen Peterson. Hi, Ed. It's me, John Kiltica. How are you, John? I'm doing fantabulous. Great. Yeah. Do you like my shirt? It's rainbowy. It is rainbowy. It says New Beverly Cinema, Quentin Tarantino's theater in yeah. L.A. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Where are we? We are in beautiful West Seattle on a lovely day. I walked up. I have my Wolverine Thousand Mile boots on for the hiking, you know. It's the High Game Podcast. High Game Podcast. Guitars. Guitars and guitar-related stuff. Yeah, you sent me a thing and you're like, oh, it's an older harmony. Back to Chicago. I always like those. I don't know. That pickguard is pretty slick. It's pretty cool. And it's a signature model or something? It is. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about a 1960 Roy Smack signature harmony guitar, also known as model 87208. But, you know, Roy Smack. 1960, is that Truman? We go through this every time, and don't we suck? Like, I should know that, right? 60 was before JFK. We JFK both should know this. Yes. JFK came in in 61, killed in 63. Was it Eisenhower or Truman? God damn it. It was Eisenhower. It was. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I looked up some Ike policies a while back. That dude would be crucified today as the most socialist leader in the country. If Biden pushed Eisenhower's policies, the right would go nuts. Interstate highway system? What are you, a communist? Right. Surprise, the system works.
Beverages. Beverages in. You got a lot of phasey, y tremolo-y kind of stuff going on over there. Yeah, I doubled up the Spaceman action. I love the colors. I've got the Delta II harmonic tremolo. Yeah. And the Explorer six-stage phaser. What are you drinking, Ed? I got coffee in a crow mug. Of course you do. Yeah. The tree in our backyard? Yeah. It's a hemlock tree. Mm-hmm. This year? Yeah. There's a crow nest. How big are crow nests? Big. Big, big. Three, four feet round. Have okay. you ever seen a picture of an eagle's nest? Massive. Yeah, it's like that. Big branches and So stuff. we can watch them hopping around up there, getting mad at anything that comes near it. That's great. Crow. Crows are super fun. There's your crow update. I love crows. I love crow mugs. I have black coffee too. Yeah. But you've got something else there. Yeah. I've got one of those athletic brewing, the blue one. Yeah. I've settled on the blue one. I kind of bounce around, try them all. Blue's my jam. Run wild IPA. What's your bottle? Cock and bull. Oh, you love those. Ginger beer. Our good friends, Jan and crew up at Orca Beverages. That's right. This is an Orca beverage. Yeah. Since 1946, the extra ginger. Because you know I like the bite you of a ginger. love ginger. Every time you have that and you drink it out of the bottle like you're doing right now. Yeah. I always think you should have that Moscow Mule copper mug. Don't you have a copper mug somewhere? I don't no? think so. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Who's this guy? Ray something? Roy Smack. Roy Smack? Smack. I assume volume tone. There's four controls on this thing. Do they go volume, volume, tone, tone? Volume, tone, vol volume, tone. Volume, tone, volume, Let's tone. tell the peoples what we're looking at here. Yeah. It's a single cutaway hollow body. It's all chambered out inside of it. Okay, great. It's got two Diarmond gold foils with a snappy mid-century modern kind of diamond pattern in them. Yep. Over a pick guard that's all cut out like an explosion or like some kind of pop art. I think lightning bolt, but it's got the weird diamond shape in the center. Yeah. I love it. Pretty cool. For each pickup, there is a set of cupcake knobs, volume and tone. Yep. One, two, three, four in a line. Yeah. On the upper bout, on the yep. treble side, there is a cutaway. Uh-huh. And a tone lever. Yes. A four-way tone lever. I can go all the way to the bridge side. Maybe I need a little something there. Uh-huh. Bridgey. And then all the way back to the other side. Those are positions like one and four. Yeah. So there's two in the middle. In phase and out of phase. No. No. There's your middle. So if you go to three... It's like additional tone sculpting. It routes it through some capacitors or something, presumably. Use your tone to just dial in. Is that just the neck? It's both. Turn down the volume on the bridge. Now turn the volume up on the bridge. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. Yep, it must be the neck. Adds additional tone circuitry to the neck. Aren't you glad Look. when we discover the yep. scientific principle? Yep. You formed a hypothesis. Yes. We experimented. Mm-hmm. We're not about confirmation bias here. No. We go where the facts lead. Yeah, you actually turn some controls to verify. Sometimes I get overly proud of myself that I can hear it, you know? Yeah, that was awesome. 
Some Ed ears. We got all scientific. Yep. I'm not invested in the right or the wrong. I'm a scientist. I love it. Errata. Mm. This is where we revisit stuff we didn't know in prior episodes. Uh, great. We've been doing grandpa guitars. We've done a couple in the sure. last several weeks. Yeah. And every time we do that, we talk about the upper bout and the lower bout. Mm. If you're looking at a guitar as if at a person, mm. the upper bout constitutes the shoulders. The lower bout might constitute the hips. And in between is the waist. In conversation, I think we were wondering, where does that come from? Bout. I found out. Okay. It is from Old English. Yeah. Approximately the 1540s. Ooh. To describe a roundabout way of ending up somewhere or a gentle bend. Say you're plowing a field and you get to the end of the row and you got to turn around and come back. Mm -hmm. That turnaround would have been called the bout. In our time, we just say about, but it doesn't really mean the same thing anymore. But back then when it meant a curve or a gentle curve, that makes yeah. sense. Sure. When you think about guitars, okay. the upper curve and the lower curve, you might say. That's the fact. <laughs> yeah. About 1540s, uh -huh. Old English. Yeah. When did it turn from about like a gentle curve or turning around into like boxers? Yeah. About. A boxing bout? You've never heard that? Nope. A couple guys like us. Yeah. Not linguists. Yeah. But still, dropping facts. What do you know about our man Leroy Smack? Nothing. Seeing the name on the guitar is the first time I've seen the name. Our man Roy. Yeah. Born in 1900 in Reading, Pennsylvania. So he's 123 years old today? Uh, well, he would be. Oh, no. What happened? We lost him in 1994. Okay. That's still a good run. Very good run. Roy. Yeah. Died peacefully in his sleep. I love these stories. In New York City. New York City. Yeah. Did he fight in WW1? No. WW2? No, I guess he was in between... Hit that sweet spot on the age. I watched this strange documentary about World War One that was interviews with British soldiers. Sure. Audio interviews. And then they animated it with archival footage. Mm -hmm. And these guys were talking about how they entered into the service. How old are you? I'm 15. Well, you need to be 18. Oh, I'm 18. Okay, get in line. Yep. You got to have the mindset that you're 15 and want to go into war probably you're far more likely to want to do that when it's on your doorstep. Maybe you don't want Wilhelm marching in. Ah! Oh my God. I saw an article this last week. Do that again. The Wilhelm scream? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Dude was handed stacks and stacks of recordings to archive that were just going to go in the dump. And the guy starts pulling them out and he hears that. The original recording on tape. Did you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. The first one, he actually says like, ow. And the guy's like, no, just a scream. And then you get that Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Wild. The guy who did the Wilhelm scream was kind of a character actor, but do you know what his claim to fame ended up being? The Wilhelm scream? Besides that? <laughs> no. Do you know that song, that novelty song, One-Eyed 
to one something horn, like purple one people eater to uh yeah 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 whatever that is purple people eater yeah he wrote that that's his oh man the wilhelm guy that's great <laughs> i guess when that wilhelm money stopped coming in yeah yeah, yeah he had to do it. something right <laughs> I don't know anything about Roy Smack. He got his hands on <laughs> any instrument he could play uh, yeah. that had strings on it. Okay. And mastered it by the time he was very young, such that his first recording was for the Edison Company in 1921. Through his recording with the Edison Company, he caught the eye of filmmakers. Okay. He could play the banjo. He could play the uke. If it had strings, this guy was playing it. Okay. At this point, the birth of sound in film is happening. Talkies. We call those talkies. The talkies. Okay. But there's not sound on film yet. Sound on film is when they record a soundtrack onto the physical film. Got it. The other way around. You have to have a soundtrack, and then you have to have a film, and you have to figure out a way to synchronize. Yeah. Even modern digital stuff. When you go and edit video with audio in it, yeah. it's real easy to get out of sync. Can you imagine how difficult that was when it wasn't locked to the actual video track? Exactly. Oh, my God. So in 1923, Roy Smack is playing music in this film called Stringed Harmony. Great. And the technique they were using was called DeForest Phonofilm. Everybody and their cousin had a different way of trying to sync film. Okay. This one was DeForest Phonofilm. It premiered in New York City. From there, he catches the eye of the Warner Brothers. Okay. Who's that dude? You've just dropped a couple of things on me in the last two minutes of conversation. One, when you say soundtrack, that's literally referring to on the film, there's a track and it's the soundtrack. Oh, right. You can see the soundtrack on the film. Boom. That's one. And then the other one you said just now, he caught the eye of the Warner Brothers. Yes. That's literally like two brothers? A lot of them. Really? Yeah. I think there were four. Four brothers ran the studio. Back in their early 20s, they were getting in the biz like everybody else. Okay. Founders, Jack Warner, Harry Warner, Sam Warner, Albert Warner. Four. Huh. Yeah. So in 1926, the Warner Brothers... Sitting around, this Roy guy walks in. The story is, okay. Warner Brothers are hanging out in a hotel in New York City, mm -hmm. and they want to do some business. Hey, we're going to be making this film. We want it to be one of the first sound films feature-length ever made. And they happen to mention that they want to have a whole bunch of shorts sure. ahead of this. One of the guys they're meeting with is like, say, Mac... <laughs> Great. You bust out that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. There's a guy upstairs. Do it in the voice. There's a guy upstairs, see? Okay. He can play anything. He'll do anything you want. Sure. Get him. Okay. So they call him. Yeah. Hey, bring all your instruments. Bring them down. We'll send a bellhop up to help you carry them. Mm -hmm. Okay. He goes down. He plays some stuff for the Warner Brothers. And they're like, that's what we need. And so they make their feature-length film, which was Don Juan, starring actor John Barrymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. We lost John? 1892 to 1942. He was 50. So I mentioned there were various competing technologies for syncing the sound mm -hmm. in that picture. Mm -hmm. The Warner Brothers used a different one. They used Vitaphone. Oh. 
great. They weren't using any of that phonofilm. No. It involved recording the sound on a disc, like a record. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it played the sound from the inner groove <laughs> okay. out, out to yeah. the edge. And it had to be started by somebody good at that manually. Was this in films where they were talking? Yeah. That is insane. Oldie time stuff. In any event, one of the shorts was called His Pastimes. Okay. And it was our man Roy Smack playing the ukulele. Yeah. And this being one of the first instances of a feature-length sound film, it made Smack instant star. Yep. 26 years old, everybody knows who he is. A little before us, they would actually play newsreels. This is before the newsreels. Before that, yeah. Oh, here's some 26-year-old playing a ukulele. Sure. Not only was it a problem to sync that sound, mm-hmm. it was a problem to amplify that sound in a theater loud enough. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to figure that out. Yep. Uh, there was a guy named Frederick R. Marion mm-hmm. working on the problem with yeah. tons of others. He worked at Western Electric. He was responsible when it got kind of ironed out of bringing this technology over to Europe and converting theaters to handle the talkies. I love it. Our man, Frederick R. Marion? Yes. My grandfather. Shut up. Yep. What? Yeah. What did he do? He was an engineer at Western Electric. Yeah. And he had a hand in converting theaters in Europe from the capacity to show silent films to handling the talkie sound. That's wild. Yeah. What's he up to these days? Grandpa? Yeah. I never knew him. Uh, we lost him? Died before I was born. Ah, I'm so sorry. Thank you very much. (laughs) I have to tell you. These are always a joy, sitting down and, like, chatting with John about guitars. Yeah. This is my favorite episode ever recorded. Nice. So this is a Harmony, right? This is made by Harmony. Okay. Roy Smeck, because it's his signature model. This was made exclusively for Montgomery Ward. What year? 1960, it came out. I couldn't find out how long it lasted. Maybe a season or two. I even went to the old Montgomery Ward catalogs and could only find it in one year, 1960. Who's the marketing genius who's like, it's 1960. The landscape is completely changing. And you've got this whole new generation of kids that are into this new rock and roll thing. And then the dude at Montgomery Ward is like, you know who we need? That guy who played the ukulele in 1926. To be fair, yeah, he would end up playing on over 500 recordings. I don't know. Any number of session musicians have left this fingerprint on modern music, and no one knows who the hell they are. Yeah. And to think you put a signature model out for this guy, Roy Smack, what? <laughs> Our man Smack became so popular, he played at Franklin Delano Roosevelt's inaugural ball. He played at the coronation of King George VI. This is what I'm saying. Make a signature model for this guy who was playing for FDR in the 30s. This is not the first one. There were Roy Smeck ukuleles back in the 20s. That makes more sense to me. And if you look up Roy Smeck guitar, there are acoustics, there are jazz boxes, there are things like this. Harmony made many models, and before they did, Gibson did. Maybe I'm just putting, I've never heard of this guy, therefore no one in 1960 has heard of this guy. How very unscientific of you. Yeah, exactly. Sample size of one. No one's heard of Roy Smeck, ever.
You know what Roy Smeck loved? Distortion. Distortion and phaser. Dig that, Roy. Double bound body, bound neck. Double bound top, single bound back. Oh, huh. Triple bound neck. <laughs> okay. This was maybe a little fancy. Yeah. Do you know how much it cost? I do. I was just going to say, like, I bet this thing cost $14.95 when it came out. In 1960? I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But I bet it was under 100 bucks. 98 bucks. 89. Ugh. Not bad. Montgomery Ward. It should have been 15 bucks. Maple laminate top back and sides. You're not getting that for that money today. But they were made more or less by hand. But there are modern boutique dudes who are making guitars very similar to this guitar. Yeah. And you cannot touch them for under three grand. Yeah. Easy. I think so. And I should say that our 1981 overdrive pedal is at minimum. Yeah. So, $89 in 1960. Uh, How much is that today, Ed? Um, $1,232. Yeah. $925. Yeah. You know what kids want for Christmas today? Because it's what I'd wanted for Christmas. So again, sample size of one. Legos? PlayStation 5, 500 bucks. This guitar in a Montgomery Ward catalog sold for beginner musicians, more or less, is double that. That is a very expensive Christmas gift for a kid. Yeah. The majority of guitars, I think, were not impulse buys. No, no. The $2,000 number never strikes me as weird for a guitar when we're talking about like a Strat. It seems crazy to spend a thousand bucks on a Sears guitar. Okay, Boomer. Well, you know, Roy did play not harmonies and Gibsons. He also played Martins. Okay. But he stopped early on. Because he tried to get an endorsement deal with Martin. Yeah. And Martin didn't do highfalutin endorsement deals. The yeah. most they would agree to for artists, uh, we'll give you a 20% discount on guitars. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, okay, bye. Yeah, I guess. I think good for Martin. I think probably good for Roy. If Roy felt like he could go to Gibson and get a similar quality guitar with his name on it and he gets paid whatever his deal with gibson whatever that might have been didn't last too long before the harmony boys came calling yeah he was with them from that point on maybe roy who knows he's getting into his 30s he's thinking i need the money i gotta make that bag by the mid-70s as harmony itself started faltering as a company that was the end of the smack stuff also into the 60s, as you start getting into Jimi Hendrix and Deep Purple, Montgomery Ward, Roy Smeck guitars didn't save them. Amazing. I really want a Stratocaster because Jimi Hendrix is amazing and he plays Stratocasters. Yeah. Okay, we got you a Roy Smeck. <laughs> Who's he? Well, there's this ukulele video from the first talkie. Why do you hate me, Mom? You gotta try it, try and decide, is it hello or goodbye, goodbye or goodbye. 
the wizard of the strings, Ed. Yeah. Roy Smack. Uh-huh. He played them. Yep. He played everything. Right. This one is named after him. Great. Made by Harmony. Yep. To pick up some knobs in the switch. Dearmond pickups. Dearmond. Yeah. Buyer deny. This one's the rare. The rare, John. Huh? Unequivocal. Huh? Bye. Like, yeah. I just, like, I love it. This thing is so cool looking. It's the coolest harmony we've played, hands down. It screams. It's got a bite to it. I love it. Yeah. Looking at it from the side, the top looks awesome. Figured maple. And that pick guard rules. You can't argue with some of the crazy mid-century modern designs we've yeah. seen on guitars. Still don't know anything about Roy Smack. I mean, I know plenty about him now, I suppose. But the name on the guitar, oh, whatever. What about you? This is a buy. Yeah. You already love the Chicago Boys. You already know about all the cool stuff Harmony was doing. Put this in the same bucket, and if you find one, buy it. Absolutely. And not for nothing? Yeah. You know how many times I've tuned this in this episode? Zero. Zero. And cranking on it, like you've been beating on it. It's well made. Cool. So I'll take lots of pictures. The high gain on Instagram, everyone loves it. All the people are talking yeah. about how awesome the high gains Instagram is. Are they? Oh, yeah. Everyone. Is oh. that scientific? Oh, yeah. We are so on point when it comes to building and maintaining our brand. <laughs> we are <laughs> hyper consumer focused. Yeah. <laughs> when you think the high gain, you think influencers. I can barely influence my cat. The high gain pod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Patreon.com slash the high gain. We've got a website, the high gain. That's right. Dot com. Right. And we are dedicated members of the Ruinous Media Network of music-related podcasts. When's the picnic? I don't know when the picnic is. I heard through the grapevine our man Joe is on tour. Uh-huh. So. I'm wondering if they had the picnic. I didn't invite us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm starting to suspect. I think they're off on the roof, smoking their cigars. The C-Suite boys. John and Ed over here in the coal mines. Eating filet mignon at the barbecue. <laughs> Lobster tail. Yeah, you guys want a deviled egg? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's chew on that for a while. Oh, yeah. And I'll see you next week for another one. Okay, great. All right, cool. Bye. Bye.